Hi, I'm Lynn Walker, an immigration partner at Minor and Landis, here with this week's Lightning Round Q&A, a chance for you to ask us your pressing employment and family-based immigration questions. This week, we're going to have a follow-up on some of the material we presented the previous week about O-1B visas, and we're going to do a deep dive into some of the criteria. But before we start, I do want to emphasize that all personal information is kept confidential at Minor and Landis. So the identity and personal details of those asking questions are never disclosed. So we wanted to take the time to do this deep dive because these are very, very confusing concepts. And we get asked about the difference between these two criteria all the time. And we thought it was really, really important to share with you what the distinction is between the first criterion and the second criterion. And how, even though they're different, most artists who meet one often meet the other. So the first criteria that we're going to discuss is the one that says you have performed and will perform services as a lead or starring participant in productions or events that have a distinguished reputation. So for this criterion, there are two subsets or two sub factors of things that you need to satisfy. First, your role as an artist is lead or starring. Second, the production or event has a distinguished reputation. You must satisfy both of those in order to meet this criterion. So what does this mean? So the first thing we would have to show is that you as the artist will serve in a lead or starring capacity for a production or event. So what does lead or starring mean? That's really important to hone in on. So let's say hypothetically that you are a sound engineer, that would qualify as a leading capacity, but not as a starring capacity. A sound engineer on a tour is essential to the performance of the musician during the concert. So in that capacity, you would be serving in a leading capacity. In order to show that the production or event has a distinguished reputation, we actually have to look at the event. Who is on tour as a musician, right? So if we're talking about a musician or a musical group that is not a household name, it might be very difficult to show that the event or production has a distinguished reputation. So what does that mean? It, it means if you are working as a sound engineer for someone who is considered an up and coming artist or a newer musical act, you may have a harder time satisfying this criterion. What else may qualify as a production that has a distinguished reputation? For a sound engineer, this could be, for example, a music festival that is very well established. So we don't have to go through all the names of the music festivals. Think of music festivals that are always mentioned in the, 
in the press that are always mentioned in social media, where the biggest name musical acts and performers showcase their talents. That is the type of production that we're talking about in terms of meeting this first criterion. The next criteria that we're going to discuss causes a lot of confusion because it sounds almost identical to the first one. So I'm going to read it to you. It's, you have performed and will perform in a lead, starring, or critical role for organizations and establishments that have a distinguished reputation. So this criterion switches the focus from productions and events to organizations and establishments. So we've already discussed what a lead, starring, or critical role is. And again, let's take the sound engineer example. So for a sound engineer, an organization or establishment that may have a distinguished reputation would be, for example, a music production company or a tour production company. Uh, for example, um, Live Nation is very well known in terms of organizing tours and they have a distinguished reputation. It could also mean, for example, a record label. If you are acting as a sound engineer for a recording, could be Universal Music or Sony Music Publishing. Those are incredibly well-known organizations that produce and distribute music for leading musicians throughout the world. So the difference between the first criterion and the second criterion we discussed in essence is who you performed for, right? The first one looks at productions and events. The second one looks at organizations and establishments. They're very similar and are often confused, but they are two distinct criterion. And in my experience, most artists who meet one of those will also meet the other. So although this may seem confusing, please keep in mind that Minor and Landis does have a mentorship program for O1B artists or individuals who are interested in seeing if they qualify as O1B artists. During this mentorship process, we assess your evidence and your accomplishments, and we'll be able to tell you if you currently have a strong enough petition to submit to USCIS, or if you need to work for the next year or 18 months to collect more documentation to support that you are in fact an individual of extraordinary ability in the arts. So that's all we have time for today. If we didn't get to your question, or if you have an urgent immigration issue that you would like to discuss with us, please feel free to schedule a consultation. Finally, don't forget to message us on LinkedIn. Keep those questions coming and we'll do our best to answer them during our next lightning round. In the meantime, be sure to continue to follow us for frequent updates on U.S. immigration law and policies. Thank you for listening. Disclaimer, the information contained herein is intended only for educational or informational purposes and is not a substitute for legal advice. Further, listening to this HR tip in no way establishes an attorney-client relationship between you and Minor and Landis LLP. 
Listeners should consult legal counsel for definitive advice regarding the current law and regulations and how those apply to your unique situation within your organization.